Welcome to Until It's Gone, a podcast where the conversation ends when the coffee runs out. This podcast is hosted by Cole Hammontree and Nate Morris, two dudes from Grand Rapids, Michigan, who love coffee and love Jesus. We hope and pray that this podcast will encourage you in your walk with the Lord. And thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. Now, join us over a cup of coffee as we chat until it's gone. Good morning. Morning. What a morning. (laughs) Oh, man. I was on time this morning. Yeah. But my car clock said 6.02 for some reason. Just some reason. Yeah. Can't figure it out, but I'm tired. (laughs) 6.02 instead of 7.02 for clarification. (laughs) Oh, because when people hear this, it's going to be well in the past. Yep. (laughs) Daylight savings time, everybody. That was this weekend. And uh, not to mention, Amanda and I got back from Colorado on Thursday. Mm -hmm. And so we were already recovering from a two-hour time change. And then we got ganked again. (laughs) So, yeah, we're feeling... You had a three-hour time change. Yeah, I feel like I'm just now getting jet lagged. Yeah, right. (laughs) just delayed that's funny and uh undoubtedly there are other circumstances that have caused us to (laughs) forget our kettle for the coffee just lose our minds as well gooseneck (laughs) and um we've just had to make do the resourceful people you know we're here we got a pot of pour over we're gonna record a podcast today yeah that's our mindset right now for everyone listening yeah, we're just here. So, without further ado, as we chat until it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> this might really help my attitude. <laughs> it's a good chance. Different mugs today than the than the usual ones. I've had a worse cup of coffee. All right, good. It's treating me right. Okay, it's doing it's doing its job. <laughs> the right tool for the job today it is the right tool for the job <laughs> man i i'm also just been like reflecting on having our first two guests on the, yeah. on the podcast such a blessing and so cool i'm even just listening to kyle's episode it's like it's going to be one that i'm going to go back and listen to i've started to as we usually do with our pre-screenings of episodes after nate cuts them but this one just dropped, so you guys are hearing it for the first time with us. <laughs> yeah, for real. And, uh, I mean, we were there, but it's like, I want to listen to it again and go through it and just sit with it. And I, there were so many good things that I felt like I was ministered to through just the conversation in general. I felt like I was really, just candidly, I felt like I was out of it for that episode. Like I, I was having, I don't normally have trouble coming up with what to say, but I was just like, it just well, wasn't there. Well, and that's the thing is you don't have to worry about that with Kyle. Right. No, <laughs> and it wasn't about me, obviously, but I, uh, I felt that way. And then listening back was just kind of like, I had to let go a little bit of that and be like, you know what? It's okay. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason we're doing this podcast is because we're real people. Right. And we're not trying to hide 
the fact that we're like humans and we're going to be mm-hmm. doing things differently, certain, <laughs> certain episodes and stuff. And I was also trying to give myself grace for the circumstance. We, we paused like a four day recording session to record the podcast yep. basically in the middle of the day. So I was a li- probably just distracted mm-hmm. and not so focused. Whereas like well, distracted and tired. Yeah. Whereas on a Monday morning, like I might be tired, but at least I have like the drive here to be like centering myself mm-hmm. and like yeah. kind of readying. Once the start of the week, you don't have, I mean, you're thinking about, for me, it's always the distraction of thinking about what else I have to do. But you, when you're not in the middle of something and this can be your first thing, I think your thoughts are a little bit clearer going into it. On a Monday morning too, probably yeah. versus like the end of a week. But it was great anyways. I, I think it was just maybe, and maybe you guys would have noticed or not, but <laughs> that's how I felt internally and was kind of battling when I was editing. I was like, oh, dude, I'm just going to, I'm not going to look for those parts that I felt like I sounded stupid. I'm just going <laughs> to leave it all out there. And for sure. If I sound stupid, I sound stupid. That's so the nature of it. That is the nature of it. <laughs> yeah. So how was uh, Colorado? You and I, you and I kind of talked, but I feel like it's only right to debrief that for you a little bit. It's great. Yeah. We, um, Amanda and I went snowboarding while well, I snowboarded. She skied with her family for three days at Copper Mountain nice. in Colorado, awesome. a couple hours from Denver. Um, the peak elevation was like 12 and a half. It's pretty sweet. Solid. Yeah. yeah, it was really high, really That's beautiful. Um, That's almost tree line, I think. Yeah, it's it was like there were a couple parts where there was no trees. It's pretty close. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, it was really great. It was a good. It was one of those vacations that like you come back feeling mentally rested in a way, like, but physically exhausted. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the weekend was really good to kind of chill a little bit, get some stuff done. Um, Yesterday was pretty relaxed for me, at least. Amanda was doing a lot of homework and I was kind of working on whatever mm-hmm. um, without yeah. getting too in the weeds. I was, get, <laughs> I was getting mad at the Gmail autoresponder thing. <laughs> so <laughs> we don't need to get into that. But no, no, it was it was good. It was a good weekend. And that's good. Um, yeah. How, how have you been in the meantime? I've been good. Um, it was cool to. I don't know. It's uh, from a from a selfish perspective. It's like, oh, Nate's out of town, so I don't really have a lot of because Nate and I work together, so it's like I don't really need to worry about too much here. <laughs> we had a, we had a couple projects that I had to finish up, but that was um, so nice. Yeah, which is is great, and that's something that I'm passionate about is like making other people feel lighter when they have stuff to do. It's like, let me do it. I'll take care of it. I've been good. Um, I think overall, I think the big, the big thing that I'm discerning is what is how much how much work is too much work outside of school. Finding the line of being overworked and overwhelmed with projects outside of school because I don't have. Now the time that I would be going to class on a Monday morning for the majority of the day and throughout the week, 
that just doesn't exist anymore, as well as all of the homework and projects and things like that. And my mind works very well in a school setting. I love school. And so I'm obviously applying that to just work in general to where now I don't have 17,000 things to try to orchestrate through my schedule. It's 17,000 things maybe, but it's all under one category and not a bunch of different categories. So just trying to figure out that work-life balance for the first time outside of school, which has been going good. And the Lord has been showing up in wonderful, wonderful ways. The honeymoon phase is a thing too with Mm -hmm. getting out of school and getting into work and realizing like, I mean, you said it on the podcast. You were like, I'm so excited just to get out here and like grind and like all these things. And you probably still are excited at times. Mm -hmm. But the further you get from that graduation period, you'll realize, oh, I've got a whole lifetime here to like, there's also a sense of rest in the fact that you don't have to get it all done today. Mm -hmm. And that you have a whole, that's like a marathon, Mm -hmm. right? Because like, there's always another project to work on. There's always another edit to do. There's always another thing to shoot. Um, but there won't always be another day to like hang out with somebody or like take the, take the time off. And so when I was actually talking about the Gmail autoresponder, <laughs> Cole and I were talking about having our minimal emails automatically respond to people if they email us out of hours, office hours, I guess we don't really have an office, but mm-hmm. office hours. So after the work day, you would get an email saying, Hey, we'll hit you up tomorrow. And on the weekends it'd say, Hey, we'll get to your email on Monday. Which we don't necessarily need an autoresponder to enact. It would just be a way of helping communicate that to our clients. But mm-hmm. I think that is really interesting because even by nature and the type of work we do, sometimes it's feast or famine. So it's like, right. I'm going to work a 14-hour day and then tomorrow I'm going to work a four-hour day mm-hmm. versus like nine to five mm-hmm. or whatever the... Yeah. I don't even know if nine to fives are a thing anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some ways nine there, to five, but. eight to four. Whatever. Yeah. Um, it's that idea that the field, it, just being self-employed, you have to set those boundaries for yourself. Um, I was talking with someone about this last week uh, over coffee. That's like, we're, like you said, like we're in this to go far and you go far by going slow um mm. and that's something i have to continuously like remind myself and keep myself in check with but yeah and uh nate and i are big structure and process and system guys and trying to figure that out for me it's exciting because it's like a puzzle and then you like figure something out and then you see it working and you're like, man, this is really cool. Cause you like, it's, it's almost like creating something, but it's creating something to help you, to help make you more efficient um, and sustainable, which is really, really cool. Um, and kind of what we wanted to even get to within that is kind of, kind of a different idea, but not, not entirely is this idea of perfection versus excellence in me uh being a perfectionist that has translated all throughout school all throughout work um 
And it's it's something that I have to continuously combat and continuously work at um, kind of getting around. Um, and so this this idea of perfection and excellence sparked from the conversation that Nate and I had two days ago, three days ago. We were like, we should have the microphones because we hadn't talked in a while and like got coffee Friday yeah. afternoon. We We had our own little podcast episodes just us it was like the og times before we had this podcast <laughs> where we'd hang out and have these conversations we're like dude that was crazy which we still do and it's it's it, it is a joy and there is i think i think we're getting better at it and we're like you said like we're just real like there is still for me at least there is still somewhat of a pressure when we bring the microphones out and when we start recording to like oh i need to like say something of value here but anyway we had a wonderful conversation and I was super encouraged by it. And we we talked about a lot of things that could turn into their own podcast episodes. And it sparked in me an idea because for me and just kind of walking through it as a personal journey and I wondered what your thoughts were on perfection versus excellence and how you've kind of seen that or dealt with that. Um I'm going to answer your question with a question. Do it. A clarifying question so that I can answer better. Mm -hmm. Are you talking specifically about how I differentiate the two in my life and, and deal with the pressures to be perfect versus excellence or like the actual difference between the two? I'd say let's start with actual difference and then translate it to personal. I think perfection doesn't exist. <laughs> sure. By from humans. Right. Um this side of eternity. Yeah. So I think that perfection is an illusion. And if you think something is perfect, it's just really excellent. Mm -hmm. And then I would say that for me, looking at what is excellent is what is effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's probably how I would define it. No, that's good. That's good. I don't know if you have a definition. No, I I was trying to come up. So my mentor challenged me to, um, through conversations that we've had and expressing my difficulties with perfection, uh, he challenged me to come up with a definition of each um, without Googling and without trying to figure it out. And I... I think very deeply and one of the things I think deeply a lot about is time. Um, and so I was kind of looking at it through like what we can do and how if we were to achieve perfection, it would have to have unlimited time because we are finite human beings. We just jumped in the deep end of the pool here. But um, so... And I say that because for us to make something perfect, it would continuously take refinements. It would continuously take the new technology that comes out and this, that, and the other thing to keep pushing it to that higher level. Um, but excellence has time restraints. And it was really interesting to hear mm -hmm. what my mentor talked about uh, being that excellence is the best that you can do at the time with God's help. 
And I was like, yep. And like, it, it goes back to the, you know, the cliche, what parents tell their kids like in elementary school, like just do your best. And all throughout life, right? It's like, just do your best. And uh, for some reason, you know, wanting to achieve that higher level has put, because I know I'm not the only one, has put us in a place of, oh, this needs to be A, a pluses all the time. This needs to be 100%, like, all the time. And I think the easiest, the tangible, the most tangible way, the most practical way that I've seen that is even just, like, grades. And I, I didn't let that get to me. Like, it, I saw it get to some of my other friends and um, high school peers. Uh, like, I was okay with the A minus and Bs and stuff like that. But the people that, you know, struggle with getting lower than a 95 or something like that, it, it's, there's a lot of different aspects where that can be rooted in, right? But um, it goes back to that. Well, like, did you do your best like at the time that you were given? It's very interesting. I think that there's probably a distinguisher for me and and even talking about excellence. Excellence can be weighed against a standard. So like you can weigh that against other people. Is this excellent compared to X, Y, or Z? Or is this excellent for myself? And I think the best thing you can do is push for excellence for yourself always. Because right. the tendency is to compare your efforts with somebody else's results mm. and say like, oh, is this actually excellent? Right. And that's where I think you can get into a lot of like traps, traps and comparisons. And I think it's more important that you know that you did your best and have inner peace about the effort that you gave within the time period that you had with the resources that you had. Mm. And I've, we've talked about this all the time with even within minimal. For sure. It's, not every project is going to be a keystone portfolio piece. But even if it's only a five-hour edit, that five hours better be excellent. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's not like just because this is a five-hour edit instead of a 50-hour edit, you don't have to give your best. Right. But the result will probably be a little bit different just based on the amount of mm -hmm. time that you were given. Right. But excellent for a five-hour edit looks different for ex than excellence on a 50-hour edit. Mm -hmm. And um, I think a lot of times we go throughout life and we see everyone else's 50-hour edits and compare it to our five-hour edits. Mm -hmm. And the people that have been doing that for 50 years. Right. <laughs> All of their experience. So I think that excellence, like you said, is less to do with your result and more to do with the effort given and the achieved desire. Like the achieved end result. Or the, the desired end result. Not your achieved yes. results. Um, yes. And how well you completed that task. And that's why when I defined excellence, I said how efficient or how effective something is. Mm -hmm. Because effectiveness to me does not equal perfection. Right. It equals it's doing what it's supposed to do. Like you don't need a... I don't know. Like, like in anything in life, like when you go out and buy duct tape to patch a hole... Like you don't need to get a saw. You're buying tape. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't need to be like tape and a saw. Mm -hmm. So it'd be ineffective to be doing more than what, what it is. Yeah. But just doing tape well is what you needed for mm -hmm. that, right? Yeah. So I'm going to like this. So to put that in perspective in the way that we think, like for a project or a song what I'm producing, it's like, is this song a saw or is it like a piece of duct tape? Right. And if it's a duct, if it's a piece of duct tape, 
then I'm going to make this the best piece of duct tape that I can. Yeah. And therefore it's effective. Yeah. Versus having not a clear identity and a clear goal. And I think that also another thought I had too is that you have to define what is effective mm. before you can say if it's excellent or not. Right. Yeah. You have to, you have to dictate and give something an end goal, um, an objective, uh, purpose, um, to then work towards it. It's like something that I've, I've heard you say many times on the producing side of stuff. That's like, um, what, you know, talking with an artist about, and it's the same, it's the same all around in, in, in all businesses where it's like, what, what does this thing need to accomplish? And if it's too broad, we need to pick one thing <laughs> that it accomplishes. Stop trying to make this one thing accomplish a hundred things because it's not going to. If you try to do that, it's not supposed to. It's not designed to, right? And it was interesting. I'm still working on going through footage for the Haiti documentary and found a, uh, found a video. Mark Bone, I think is his name. YouTuber makes a lot of extremely, extremely well done documentaries, but he was basically, he just boiled everything down to like really tangible questions as far as when you're making a documentary, like he was, he's referring to like full length stuff, but it's like, what is the single question that this answers or this tackles and not two questions, (laughs) just one question. And then how does it do, how does it do that? And that, that allows you to box yourself in and focus on one thing, but do that one thing really, really well and be effective. It's like what we've talked about, even with guitar stuff, it's like, you don't, you don't need that extra pedal. Like that piece of gear isn't going to make you better. You make you better as well as that's how you push your creativity is working setting a box for yourself and then pushing each piece to its limits and really learning it and really figuring it out. And the, the more that you know about your tools, the better it is to utilize them to their fullest extent at the time given, right? Because it's like three years down the road, I might know a little bit more in illustrator and looking back on graphic design projects that I do right now is like, Oh, I would have done this, this, and this, I would have done it way differently. But no, that was the best that I could do at the time. I can't look back and regret the creative business, whatever decisions that I did, because that was the best. It was excellent at the time. If I gave it a try for excellence, that's what it was at the time. And that, that was my kind of point of like, it's time bound. It's locked into that space on your timeline of when you were doing that thing. If you do it to the fullest extent, you utilize your resources, your tools to their fullest ability uh, and utilize your knowledge, your, your full knowledge of them at that time. You can, you can take solace and be content with the work that you've done if you've given it an honest try. That's good. I always tell, I always try to frame things with clients that like the, the first 80% of your project is going to happen in the first like 
I mean, and it depends on if it's a film or a music project. It's going to happen in a very small amount of time. Mm-hmm. So like for, if I'm doing a mix for a client, like I've got 80% of your mix there in probably a couple hours, two or three hours. Mo- the identity of my mix is there. The next five hours, I'm going to spend getting that next 10%. Because it's that polish. Um, And I'm thinking of the quote, uh, perfection is the enemy of productivity. Now, if you're always chasing 100%, you're never going to finish a project. You're never going to. And if we were always always chasing the perfect podcast episode, we'd never press stop. We'd never release anything. Mm -hmm. So when when we get paralyzed by the idea that we need to be perfect, it actually kills any sort of productivity that prevents you from actually improving. Because if we never released an episode, we are never going to get become better podcasters. Yep. If we never release one of our mixes that we did. We're never going to hear the problems later on and like change and like learn from those things and move on. Mm-hmm. So I think that when you decide, and it's a decision, guys. It's not like a it's not like a revelation. It's a decision. You can make this decision right now. If you make the decisions to do your best, put a time frame on it, and then finish it and move forward, come back to us in a year. Whatever it is, whether you're a business person, whether you're a um, whether you're working in school still and you're working on your grades, like finish that paper, do everything you can, proofread it twice, submit it. Mm-hmm. It's not worth your time. That extra five percent is not going to be the difference. Mm-hmm. That's, Super good. That's, it's just the truth, right? And yeah. that's why, I mean, and I'm obviously in a different situation. Some people need to get into grad school. Like my wife is thinking like, she's in nursing school right now. So she's like, oh man, I need, and I'm not trying to dog on Amanda at all <laughs> in any way. Like she desires good grades as as do most people, right? Um, I resigned a long time ago to the fact that if this is not help, directly helping me achieve my goal, I will do it. But I'm only going to do it to the extent that I think that it's worth. Mm -hmm. Obviously that worth is dictated by your goals, Mm -hmm. right? My goal was not to go on to grad school. My goal was to get my degree and get on with it and get into the business world and, um, into what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But I would like the first thing I would do in every class is look at what everything was weighted, even within the confines of completing a class. Mm -hmm. If I'm trying to get like a passing grade, say you need to pass to graduate, like, I don't know, like an 85, like an a, B plus, A minus, I was cool with that because mm-hmm. I could get that in two hours. If I wanted to get a 95, sure, I could get a 95 or 95, 200, but it's going to take me four times longer. Mm-hmm. So I could do right. a quarter of the work, right. get most of the grade, yep. say that's good for what this is weighted, submit it, yeah, boom. But if it was a class that I was like, these things are valuable for my they directly apply to what I want to be doing. I didn't care about my grade. Mm-hmm. I did it until I felt like I learned and mastered that thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So like in any audio classes, like right. I got hundreds plus on everything. Right. Not because I'm a genius, but because I cared and I, I was willing to spend that extra five hours. Right. Figuring out how to get that polish, which is the same thing I do with clients. Like I'm not going to finish your mix in three hours and say it's 80% done. Mm-hmm. Like I want it to be as close to that 100% done that I can because right. that's what's important to me. Yep. And that's what I'm dedicating my time to. But I can't do that with everything. Mm-hmm. And even within that, I can't make it perfect on this project. I'm just do everything that I can. I think that it's as good as I can make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is good. 
render. Release it. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, and that's that's something that I made note of to talk about next is like just that idea that perfection paralyzes you if it's straight off the get-go. And you, just like you were saying, you know, we wouldn't, like if we were trying to make the perfect podcast episode, we'd get 20 minutes in and go, ah, let's restart. start over. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you, you don't, and that's, again, like this Haiti documentary and I have a couple other projects that I'm working on. It's like, these are some of the biggest projects that I have ever really had on my plate as far as like professional portfolio, however you want to look at that. And it's like, man, like I want them to be so good, but I can't let that paralyze me straight off the gun where it's like, no, you need to just like set a timeline for a rough cut and do it and just like power through because until you start doing that, if, if you let yourself be paralyzed by the idea that it has to, that rough cut has to be perfect. And I think it can, I think it can differentiate a little bit depending on the project and client relations and stuff like that. But, uh, it's like, if you expect that one to be a hundred percent, um, you know, right off the get go, it can paralyze you and it can really hinder your work on it. Uh, you either just won't start <laughs> or you'll start and just work on it in like little chunks. And on a big project, I'm learning very, very quickly that you almost just have to like treat it as a job. And I'm specifically talking about editing uh, film or video. And it's like, you just need to like grind on this thing and not to be like, Oh, look at me. Like I just spent like 40 hours this week, like working on this thing. It's like, no, that's not the point. The point is to, start the car and start driving and slowly get up to 60 miles an hour and, and just go on that journey because otherwise you wouldn't accomplish anything. And you're going to be overwhelmed trying to complete a 40 hour edit in 10 hours. Right. In one day yeah. you're going to be like, Oh, I'm just going to pump out this Haiti doco real mm -hmm. quick. Yeah. Realizing that, Holy cow, one, this is an important subject and I need to spend a lot of time chewing on the creative decisions I'm making. Right. Also too, just the fact that you have so much footage to scrub through, just unrealistic. Mm -hmm. It's like trying to start a construction project on a big building and saying it's going to take you one month mm -hmm. versus if you were building a house, maybe it'll take three months still. Like it, it, you're just, you're not being realistic with yourself and you're not planning for imperfection either. Yes. You're not planning for revisions. Yeah. You're not planning for comments and, and, Obviously, on a personal project, you can, you're the one in control. <laughs> on a client project, and this is what we were talking about on Friday, like it's not about perfection. It's about not getting comments. Mm -hmm. It's about not getting revisions right. on your edits, right? right? Like it's not. And so sometimes I was even telling Cole, like, I'll comment on something because I'm like, Cole, I want you to know that I noticed this, but I don't think this is worth doing right now. I don't think the client will notice. I don't think this is appropriate on this. Right. But I want to make sure that. You're like, aware. You're aware of this. And then on a future edit, this might matter. Yeah. This might, like on a 50-hour edit, we're going to be handling this thing if they have the budget for it. But on this social media video, they're not going to care. It's not going to It's not going to add value to the client right. for us to make this. Right. And then also be more expensive because we're being that detailed, right? Right. So yep. I think there is where you have to prioritize in your mind, like, okay, my priority isn't to make this feel like the perfect edit. 
it's to feel it's for it to feel effective and basically get it passed and that's such a like not in a way that like you're mm-hmm. you're trying to get like your mistakes passed but you're just trying to like get to the point where there's nothing noticeably wrong mm-hmm. right and when there's nothing noticeably wrong something is good <laughs> i don't know like in the creative world right like mm-hmm. if you're listening to my mix i could sit there and tweak stuff all day long but at some point i have to say yeah i could have probably automated that a little bit more this this or that but the only person that will ever notice that is me. It makes the project 0.43% better. <laughs> It'll take me two hours. Nobody cares. Let's, let's write a better song next time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm not at the point where it's like, now it, would that be different if I was being paid by a label band who is paying me for two months of my time to go through and like edit those things? Like, yeah, it'd be different. Right. Because I have the time. That's what we're, that's what we're doing there. That's kind of like the reason that those big budget projects are able to do those things is because they have the budget to pay people to spend ludicrous amounts of time on it. Right. But for the sake of all practicality, like let's get a 95, 96% mix there. My client's going to be happy because I'm going to be cheaper. Like I could spend the time on it, but but it's not doing them any good. So it's, it's about making those decisions about what's important to get the, in our case, we keep going back to the edit because that's what we're, kind of what sparked this conversation. Mm-hmm. Let's get the edit passed. Let's have let's make an effective edit in a short amount, of, like in whatever amount of time that we allotted, which is excellence, right? Mm-hmm. It's not aim for perfection. And now let's book another project. Yeah, yeah. And, and this obviously, guys, like I want to apply this to other things too. Like this doesn't just apply to creative fields. This applies to literally everything that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Everything. And especially spiritually. Go there. Yeah. I mean, I mean, when you think about like the idea, we obviously all know that we're not perfect, like spiritually or or like physically or or anything, (laughs) but we somehow like get guilted into the fact that like in our spiritual walk, we talked, I think a little bit about this with Kyle a little bit about like perfection and like the idea of chasing like, an identity imperfection versus yep. like abiding, I think is yes. kind of, and that's probably been a theme of like sure. a lot of what we've talked about. But I think yeah. that w- with our walks with the Lord too, it's a very similar thing where we're like, we'd rather, we're so scared of not reading our Bibles perfectly that we don't read our Bibles or praying perfectly that we just don't, don't do praying. it. And like what you said too, and I mean, we're just like broken records now, but like you, what you said, we really made me really made me think because I hadn't heard a phrase like that, but that something is, if it's not worth doing poorly, it's not worth doing. <laughs> maybe, it really is an interesting concept to me. For sure. It may be dangerous to tell me, but. Um, <laughs> it. I mean, that's, that's what I'm using to combat perfection, uh, especially spiritually right now. Like I, I heard that that was from Kyle in our men's group, Joshua's men, but um, it's so, it's so true. And I've seen it. I've seen it work and I've seen it combat perfection of, again, it's uh, anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. Is praying worth doing? And do you want to get, you know, you want to take that next step in your faith? Good. So suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> like for real, I was, I was telling one of my friends out the other day, it's like, we were just talking about uh, where he was at spiritually and it's like, 
do you want to go to that next level? Do you want to take the next step in your faith? Do you want to, you know, get closer to the Lord? It's like, yeah, but I, I don't know. I can't, I'm not good at praying. I'm not good at reading scripture. It's like, so suck at it. Like, and like what we were talking about, I'm can't, I think you, I think I referenced it during Kyle's episode, but it's like, just show up. Like, I, those two concepts like literally go hand in hand uh, because if you're going to suck at it, you just got to show up and do it. And maybe, maybe that's the lens that you need to look at um, completing things through or taking that next step through is like, I'm just going to show up and like, if I suck, I suck. But I know that, you know, when you're applying this, you know that whatever you're applying it to is worth doing. Um, it either has deep spiritual relational interpersonal um implications and you want to do it like you want to you want to take the next step so it's something that's freed me and is continuing to free me it's like the haiti, a good reminder it's the haiti thing right it's like that's just such an easy example for me to use um but it's like is that story worth telling is getting more eyeballs to see what is happening in Haiti, what Starfish is doing, to, you know, the hope is to get more eyeballs that would want to partner, that would want to reach out, that would want to pursue this and pursue um, bettering the island of Laganov specifically. But I ask myself, is that worth doing? Then yeah. So then make a crappy documentary. <laughs> Dude, and here's the thing, like, we're not, don't get us wrong, guys. Don't make, don't, don't use this as an excuse to do crappy work. No. Because that is not at all our hearts. We're, we're talking to people that struggle with perfectionism like ourselves that are already like the people that are afraid to start things because they want to be really good at them and they feel really good at a lot of things that they're doing. And so they try, they don't try new things because it's like, yeah. I want to be an expert at it. And I think, I just want to clarify. I think the implication in that saying is anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. Poorly, the imp the implication is that that is your best, <laughs> right? It's it's worth doing poorly, meaning at the time at where you are currently, it's worth doing, and poorly helps you combat that comparison game. Poorly helps you combat uh, the thoughts that you do end up paralyzing yourself by wanting it to be perfect. It's it's just looking at it through a different it, a different lens. Like you said, it's not an excuse to just roll out of bed and export something and like, well, call it good. Yeah, but. and and I think like that is a phrase that encourages completion, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're not completing something you should not be worrying about if it's poor or if it's excellent. Mm -hmm. You should worry about it, it getting done. Doing it, yeah. If I'm not exporting a mix, I should not be judging it. Like, okay, I can filter as I'm doing it, of course, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm saying that, like, you shouldn't step back and say, I suck right. if you haven't even completed it. Right. Like, there is something to be said for, like, okay, say you export this documentary, you're like, yeah, I just needed to get it done. And we go and we like, whatever, like, you're like, Hey, can you check this out? I'm like, dude, there's a lot of problems here. Like you need to fix. <laughs> yeah. 
Now you have actually a basis for going and fixing those problems. Right. Versus trying to fix problems that aren't even there because you don't even have a product to criticize. And that's something that I found creatively, but also, like you said, in other areas of life that um, has helped me to get things done is it's a lot easier for me being a perfectionist. (laughs) It's a lot easier for me to tweak things that are already there than to do that first rough cut. Once I get the rough cut, it's like, oh, here's my map, right? Like I just created this map that I can now tweak this or make a turn here or like whatever and kind of orchestrate this as it unfolds. And like you said, like you're self-editing like along the way on something that's, you know, a project such as this or whatever it may be. Um, But once you get something there, it's a lot easier to tweak it as the snowball is rolling than to first pack it and first get a, a snowball. Well, and how you pack the snowball also comes with experience. Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to know what makes a good snowball. Right. We're using so many analogies in this episode. <laughs> Analogy King. This, this episode is going to be called Analogy. Uh, <laughs> um, you should just worry about making something, right? And I think we're just we're reiterating what we're saying. But I think it's important for you guys to realize, like, if you're just starting something, like, whatever that thing is, finish it, get feedback from someone that knows something about that thing and now go back and refine it. And then the next time you go to make that thing in the rough cut, you'll be thinking about that. Those mm-hmm. things that you, you heard the feedback you got from last time, it will be important. Like if you, if you ask feedback from somebody that you trust and is trustworthy, listen to their feedback, but ask the right people for feedback. By the way, don't ask the wrong people for f- yep. for feedback because that can be a problem in and of itself. Yep. But if you actually trust the opinion of the person that you're asking the feedback from, trust it, weigh it. You can make it. You can disagree on something too, especially if you're in charge. Um, but then take that into account next time. So for you, like in a rough cut, make a rough cut, send it, get feedback on it, and then next rough cut, you're already you're anticipating feedback. Mm-hmm. And then the next one, you're anticipating feedback again. And then all of a sudden, 25 rough cuts later, there's no feedback. Mm -hmm. Not because of some magic that you did. It's the process. But because you're experienced and you just are automatically making those decisions. Mm -hmm. So do not expect an experienced, skilled hand as you're starting out in something. Mm -hmm. Don't expect that of yourself. It's unfair. It's unfair for others to expect that of you. Which is why that apprenticeships exist. It's, it's why that there should be room to grow. You should get responsibility, but also not be so worried about getting feedback when you're just starting something. Mm-hmm. It takes years to master things. Right. If we're all pushing ourselves to be better, to be excellent, <laughs> <laughs> to, to use better vocabulary, if we're all pushing ourselves to be excellent every single day over the course of five years, this again goes back to the little by little, mm-hmm. you'll make a big change. Over five Small years, yeah. you're going to become an experienced expert at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Whether that's praying, whether that's reading your Bible. Mm-hmm. If you read your Bible, if you read a chapter a day, in the next five years, you're going to know a heck of a lot more than if you are afraid to ever even learn anything because the Bible is such a big book. Right. And it's so intimidating sometimes. Ooh, it's good. It's just, it's just how life works. And 
and that's definitely a tool of, of Satan and of the devil to scare us away from doing things that are worthwhile. Right. And for putting in the hard work. Don't be afraid to be judged because you suck at something. Mm-hmm. Be okay with being where you're at yeah. and learning. Yep. And I think I'm almost out of coffee. Are you? Is that the last sip? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this was a thought I had yesterday um, during our message uh, at Berkeley, but um, it was kind of it was kind of talking about what we're talking about here. Um, but uh, that idea that it was really interesting. Um, I forget what who this quote uh, is by, but um, it's that idea that nothing grows on the mountaintops things grow in the valley right like we kind of just you know unpacking colorado like the tree line and then there's like no vegetation so while the mountaintops can be beautiful and be really gorgeous and breathtaking and allow you to stop and really soak in things grow in the valley things grow after you come down the other side of the mountain or you're going up the mountain for the first time, you're learning and you're experiencing. And so with that idea, that's a whole kind of a topic in and of itself, but I just want to encourage everyone to like enjoy the process. Um, And something that I was kind of convicted of yesterday and just had to check my heart is like, am I seeking the next mountaintop? Like, am I living for the mountaintops only? And I, I don't want to, you know, I, I want to. And I think you and I are very similar in that of like, like we talk about all the time, just swing the hammer at like what's in front of you. That's where you start to build relationships. That's where you start to cultivate um, certain characteristics that you want to build. You know, that's where growth happens is when you're swinging the hammer at what's in front of you. It shouldn't be this pursuit to get to the mountaintop all the time. Yes, they're great, and I don't want to undermine being on a mountaintops, and you shouldn't feel guilty if you are on a mountaintop, you know, in comparison to other people who might be struggling. And something I've also heard from Kyle is that there's no real season of good and bad. They're, they run together. There's, there's things I can always praise for and there's things that suck. <laughs> and oftentimes they're together and they're in the same season. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, just enjoy, enjoy the process. Enjoy, enjoy creating. Like what a joy it is to create. Whether or not you label yourself as a creative or not, you are. Um, but just, to, just enjoy that. Enjoy the process. That's that's another episode waiting to happen is creating and and viewing that how God created us. But um, I think what strikes me about that in my I just took my last sip and Cole's taking his right now, and we're gonna stick to it this time. <laughs> um, is that your mountaintop will and doesn't stay the same? Yes, and that's another thing to note is like your your ceiling won't always be the same. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you reach a place, that's not your ceiling anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think that really a good place to aim for is like the tip of the tree line mm-hmm. where you're still growing, but you're operating at a high level. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what that is. 70, 80%. Yeah. It's like, if you're operating at 70 or 80% of like where you could be operating at, 
and you're always struggling to learn and grow, your 80% will be better than your 100% the first day you start. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's sustainable. Yep. And it's something that you can do for years and years and years and keep growing. Yeah. If you go at 100%, you're going to go right back down to the valley floor because you're going to burn out. Mm-hmm. If you hit 80%, you can stay at that 80%. And then because we're talking percentages, <laughs> your percent will have a bigger value as your, as your skill cap grows. Yes. So looking at the potential of growth in a certain area versus mm-hmm. a result. Yeah. There's, there's one last thought, and I may have shared this on an earlier episode, but this idea that um, if you look at your life like a graph of, let's say, like the stock market, and if you look up a line graph of the stock market over the past couple hundred years, it is up and to the right, and there's ups and there's downs. Uh, it's the classic lightning bolt up and to the right graph. The reality is that Let's let's stick with this stock market. You might see a little dip and you check the year and it says 2008. And it's this little like dip. And it's like, like you can notice it over the span of like 100 years. Like, yeah, like it's a noticeable dip. But 50 years ago, the bottom of that dip in 2008 is still higher than the highest point 50 years ago. So you have this idea where unless you are cultivating your story and looking back and and accepting where you are now recognizing it and also accepting and acknowledging where you've come from that's how i think you kind of keep that trajectory of like up and to the right where the heart of this is is aimed at the idea of sanctification but it's it's all of life it's it's the journey and it's the process of man like i'm either struggling with this right now or this that and the other thing but you know maybe i'm i'm struggling and going through this but i'm doing it with the lord and a couple years ago i would be struggling with something and i wasn't doing it with the lord like that's that's the kind of like mentality that you have to have i think through all of this in order to stay on that path is over time like it's going to be continuously up and to the right and like yeah here's a little dip but it's still higher than I than it was like the year before. So guys, if you want to accomplish something, this is sounding so like Instagram inspirational. <laughs> I hate it. It's going to make me vomit <laughs> in my mouth. Um, if you are stressed out about the clutter in your life, in your house, don't start by having a garage sale. Start by bringing one thing to goodwill every week Mm -hmm. that you think you can live without. Over time, you'll get there. Whatever it is, whatever your clutter is, whatever your, whatever your circumstances are, just start, Mm -hmm. start chipping away at it, figure out where you want to be, what's ideal, scale it back 50% and then, and then scale it back another 50% and do that (laughs) (laughs) and shoot for that. Yep. And then as soon as you accomplish that, then you are able to stomach the next 50%. Mm-hmm. So love it. Enjoy the process. Enjoy the journey. Don't be so focused on getting to the next place that it sucks the life out of life. <laughs> it sucks the fun out of everything. Because like you've said before in our candid conversations, 
life isn't about self-improvement. Um, it's a joy that we get to do that. And, you know, God bless you if you, you know, want to continue to better your character. Um, but that's not, that's not the epitome of why we're here, right? Uh, they're all good things. Um, but enjoy the process. Enjoy abiding. Enjoy the walk. Because uh, it's a walk and not a run. Be kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. Give yourself grace. As you give others grace around you. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're so thankful to be able to do this. Yeah, we are. Man, I'm just like, I'm having a good time. Yeah. And I'm, like we were talking about, we're trying to make the best podcast we can for you guys, but mm-hmm. we're trying to complete episodes more than anything. We're <laughs> yeah. living this with you guys. Like, yeah. So sure. thanks, thanks for being along in the ride with us mm-hmm. as we work on our skills as podcasters and humans and <laughs> yeah. and hope to have conversations that are helpful for you guys. Um, some things that came to my mind that I've been meaning to address, if you guys can follow us on whatever podcast platform you're listening on, that will be the best way for you to stay up to date on our episodes. Mm-hmm. So Spotify, follow, and I think there's like a notification bell. There's probably that on everything now. You have to like make mm-hmm. sure that you want to receive notifications. Yeah. You won't get spammed because we only post bi-weekly. So we're not going to post something every other day where it's like, listen to us, listen to us. It's going to be every other week. We're just showing up, baby. We're just We're just showing up, um, 6 a.m. You'll get a notification when you wake up. Oh, UIG released something. Mm-hmm. Um, check it out. We'll try to keep posting social stuff. We have fun on there. <laughs> As you as you can see too, but the yep. best way for you to stay up to date on episodes is to follow us. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could also leave a re- an honest review of of if you think this is valuable, because that will help other people find us too. That mm-hmm. might they might not even be in your circle of friends. They might be like there's some listeners in like Ireland and like random places, like one person, mm-hmm. and it's like if you like rate us, then somebody somewhere might somehow get our mm-hmm. our podcast on their feed and who knows what impact that will have for so sure. not necessarily even for us but we just we just really want this to um be valuable to people mm-hmm. and so that really helps us more than anything we can do other than just like worrying about what we can so mm-hmm. if you like what we're doing that would mean so much to us like comment and subscribe no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that's the worst thing <laughs> I hate that we have to say that, but it really does help us and it, and mm-hmm. it does mean a lot to us more than, more than anything else. Yeah. So send us messages about who you, who you think we should have on, what you want us to talk about. Maybe we do a question and answer episode at some point where mm-hmm. we, we do an Instagram poll and just ask us questions and we'll just answer them on air. I think that'd be a really fun episode. That'd be sweet. So stay up to date on Instagram for that stuff. And, uh, Until next time.